but about two years ago, I was raped. There's a lot of anger. We're not being manly enough. There are two ideas about safe spaces. My understanding of the world changed. And I felt numb. Are you a man or a mouse? I was alone. I couldn't bring myself to say it. I was lost. All I wanted was to be able to share my experience, what was happening to me with someone. All right, everyone, welcome once again to Safe Place for Men. All right, this is your male survivor, resiliency and leadership development coach, Thomas Edward, coming to you from a little windy Sacramento, uh, California this morning. All right, so uh, thanks for the suggestion, guys. I did try the stuff with the squirrels, and they seem, well, I don't know. I think they're actually going over to the other yard, <laughs> which I'm sure the neighbors is not going to be happy about that, but... Um, they're not touching the, the plants and stuff as, as much or the bulbs and stuff. Now I do notice when I put the fresh dirt out there that what they're trying to do now is like bury the nuts and stuff, whatever they get from the other yard. But, you know, putting down the, uh, the peppermint oil, kind of spraying it around and stuff. I think they're kind of moving over to, to the next house to look for spots. So, um, but yeah, so thanks for, you know, suggestions. I definitely tried those, those out, some of those garden tips that you guys, uh, sent me and, uh, plus, you know, the peppermint actually smells, you know, pretty good. The peppermint oil smells pretty good. All right, guys. So here we are today. Another wonderful day that we are allowed to see. And uh, of course the temperature is starting to, to rise of course here, as you guys know, and that's, I was looking at the, um, the weather reports right this this morning when I was at the gym, kind of working out a little bit, and and uh, try to go during the time when there's no like one person in there, so I can actually work out on, on the treadmill machine. And uh, the weather reports they were talking about, oh no, you know that we're you know getting ready for another drought here, whatever in California. I'm like, oh great, you know, and so showing the water tables and stuff being low, and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go, but. I mean, I always try and consume, uh, not consume, but I always try to conserve water uh, any any way. But man, it's just different, you know, when you're in Seattle where it rains all the time. Uh, I, it wasn't very often that we had, you know, a drought reports going out. So, all right. So today I want to share with you today a little bit of a frustration I had. Actually, this was a coaching session that I had yesterday. And yes, coaches can get frustrated also, just like everyone else, because we are not superhuman. All right. So, you know, when I think about this and even trying to, you know, explain this and, and what was going on from that point or from that perspective. Uh, so usually before working with individuals, uh, I usually do what I call a, a powerful initial coaching conversation, right? So we have this conversation that we have an opportunity, you know, to kind of discuss and then figure out, you know, whatever what's going on. So, you know, where are you at now? What's what's going on with you? Um, what have you tried before? You know, um, what prompted you to give coaching a try, you know, now? So and uh, what do you want to see or, or manifest in your life after working with me? So I became a little uh, frustrated yesterday right so I had to kind of check I had to check myself because I ran into what I call um, a survivor vampire <laughs> okay a survivor vampire and, and that's a survivor who's at what we call the level of victim consciousness okay and then and there are times that we all experience this but there are sometimes you run into people I mean they are 
They're just stuck. They're really stuck in that victim consciousness. So when you work with me, we start by determining, you know, your current state and where you want to be in the future, your future state, right? You know, so how you interact in the world now, you know, your view, your perspective in light of the abuse. And so, you know, we're dealing with the different stages of to me, by me, through me, and as me, right? Those are conscious, conscious constructs when we're talking about this world that we live in. So this, I'm going to say older individual was stuck in what I call or what we call the to me, okay? And that's where we talk about the whole victim consciousness. And so the to me represents scarcity, so, you know? So if we were talking about money, well, you, you'd never have enough money, right? Or your value, your, your identity, your value is actually attached to it. Or when it comes to time, uh, you know, this is not the right time. There's never enough time. Um, I'm overwhelmed. I'm always too busy or I'm bored, right? And when it comes to your, your happiness, well, you know, happiness is just fleeting. So it's like, you know, you eat your ice cream, okay, and then it's over, right? Take your vacation, you come back, oh, it's over, it's done. Sex, what, whatever it is, okay? Or um, your purpose, right? So your purpose, you don't even know, well, what is your purpose, um, uh, I should have one, but I don't, or you just see yourself as just playing roles or, you know, when it comes to leadership, which is something that I uh, deal with quite a bit, especially working with executives is that, you know, leadership, the, it's burdensome. And, and the reason it's burdensome is because people are incompetent, right? And so I was feeling a little frustrated because I run, it's been a while since I've run into, if you want to say this state where it's just been so heavy, it's been so heavy with the individual, and so usually when I work with individuals, I'm searching for someone who has, I'm going to say, a little glimpse, a little nugget, a little ray of hope of what I call the by me. OK, so not that everything's happening to me, but they're starting to kind of move up into the things of by me and by me just represents this whole world. Uh, it's kind of a world of surrender. Let's just put it that way in which I get and understand as survivors, that's hard because that's about control, right? But it represents a little bit of surrender. So it's kind of like uh, Bruce Lee, who like was one of my you know favorite guys there. Uh, you know, his analogy that if, if you want someone to help you, sometimes you've got to empty your full glass so that something better can be poured into it. Okay, so that's, that's more of that. We talk about that, that surrender. So the by me comes out from the perspective of I want, uh, I choose, I can, as opposed to everything is happening to me, okay? Uh, this one is by me because I want, I can, I choose. So it's more of volition. So after a while, I, what I did, I was like, man, what, you know, what's going on with me? And I think what it is, when I finally realized what was going on with the individual, okay, then I could move, I'm going to say, back into my my state as opposed to being kind of in this confuddled whatever state. And so after a while I realized that I was dealing with a survivor who was stuck in learned helplessness state. Okay. That's where he was stuck. He was stuck in learned helplessness state. Consider this your wake up call. Boom. What was that? Me dropping some knowledge on you. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this when we talk about learned uh, helplessness. All right. So learned helplessness usually occurs, I'm going to say, uh, 
When an individual, I'm going to say, continually faces, let's just say, either negative or un- uncontrollable situations, and they stop trying to change those circumstances, even when they have the ability to do so. Okay, so think of it as kind of like passively, you know, giving up. Okay, so maybe an example might be, um, actually, I was working with a, a survivor, and when he came to me, one of the habits that he wanted to change, he wanted to change the porn habits because he felt that the sexual uh, abuse had led to some unhealthy, you know, defensive coping mechanisms, and porn was one of them. Porn was one of the habits. And you guys know what I say. I don't believe that you can break habits. You replace habits. So in the past, you know, he repeatedly, he would try, he would fail, and then he would quit. He would try, he would fail, he would quit. And so he just became so frustrated that he came to believe that nothing that he could do, right, would ever help him. And so then he just stopped trying. He stopped trying altogether. Okay. And then that's when someone actually told him about me and the work that I do. And he came in. We worked with him and he's great now, but... But the whole idea of discovering, I'm going to say, this loss of control, essentially what it does, it elicits, I'm going to say, a passive response, which can really be quite harmful. Now, when we talk about um, learned helplessness, I'm trying to remember, man, my psychology is from school. Oh, I think it was the late seven, no, late 60s it was. And there were two two psychologists, and they were doing tests, and this is when they were actually using animals. They were actually using dogs. So so the, the two guys, they were conducting research on animal behavior. And so what they did was they would deliver these electric shocks to the dogs. I know. Ugh. Anyway, so the dogs learned that, um, that they, they couldn't escape. When they learned or figured out that they couldn't escape the shock, they would stop actually trying to uh, get out, you know, or jumping over or whatever, even if all they needed to do was jump over this little obstacle, whatever, to get out, they wouldn't do it anymore, okay? So the subsequent shocks, they would just kind of stay there, just assuming there was no way that they could get out, even though the door would be right there in front of them, okay? So you kind of get the idea what I mean when we're talking about learned helplessness. So, but the thing is, when we're talking about learned helplessness, uh, for us as survivors, you know, it can manifest in different ways, you know, in our in our lives. And this is the thing about learned helplessness. Typically, we see it manifested in things like lack of self-esteem, right? So as I was talking with this person, you know, the, the self-esteem was really low. I mean, really low, um, low motivation, um, um, I'm going to say persistence or or this idea of this conviction of being inept or always being inadequate, you know, always, always failing or even think that you're always going to fail. And so the thing is, when we talk about learned helplessness, it's quite common for people who have repeated traumatic events. Okay, so if you've experienced repeated traumatic events, especially as a as a child, okay, could be neglect, whatever, these different type of things, like we said, sexual abuse, um, violence, whatever, in the home, then you're more, we're going to say, possibly apt to experience the learned helplessness, right? And for those of you guys that are wondering, like, where do I fit? I really encourage you. Those of you, of course, that are taking the course right now, uh, you guys, 
course, we're dealing with this because now you've taken your ACE test, right? The adverse childhood experiences to find out what your numbers are. And then you're probably studying the information that I have up there for you that talks about those things that as survivors that we're more susceptible, we're more susceptible to and learned helplessness is one of them. Right. And so we start realizing when we see these things in our life with a low self-esteem, lack of motivation, these different type of things. Oh, okay. So that could be part of when we're talking about dealing with some of the side effects or the, how it's manifested. So when I was working with this individual, he had mentioned um, that he had social anxiety. And so, um, you know, he said, he says that he feels kind of shy in social situations. Well, the hard thing was as I was listening to him, he was giving me tons of evidence that was going totally contrary to this. I'm going to say self label that he had given himself. And so he's, you know, he's saying that he has social anxiety, can't be in these places. But all the stuff that he's talking about, well, no, he's out, he's talking, and he's doing all these different type of things with, with people. And I was just like, okay, right. And he did admit that he gave himself that, that label. So maybe he eventually, you know, begins to feel that there's nothing, of course, that he can do to, to overcome whatever those symptoms. And so the sense that his symptoms are out of, are out of his direct control can lead him to stop engaging himself, of course, in social situations, thus making his, if you want to say, shyness or social anxiety even more pronounced. Okay, so let me just drop a continue drop a little bit of knowledge here when we're talking about, well, what does it look like? Because I had to I had to remind myself, okay, you know, having learned this before, I'm like, man, okay, what were some of the things, you know, when it manifests? And then I started noticing uh I'm like, man, he's ticking off all the ones on, on the list, right? And so this might be for you, okay? You might, and there are, like I said, times when we all kind of go through maybe learned helplessness, but when we're really stuck, okay, then this is the thing that we might need to realize, okay? So a common symptom might be failure to ask for help. And it was funny because as we were having this this conversation, and uh, he would say, yeah, and I, you know, I asked him, I said, well, uh, who's, what support do you have when he's like, well, you know, I'm kind of not really good at asking for help. I'm like, bing, there's one. Right. Or feeling very frustrated. That's one of the reasons, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to give this coaching thing a try because I'm really frustrated. Cause that was one of the symptoms there giving up. Okay. Just, just giving up. Like we said, just feeling like, well, I have no control. There's nothing I can do. So I'm just going to give up. Okay. Lack of effort. So why try? It's going to be like this. Why try? course, low self-esteem. We talked about that passivity. Okay. That's all fitting into this poor motivation. And then the Bitcoin is procrastination. And it was interesting as I was, you know, talking with him and, and one of the things that he had the should language and you guys know what I think about the should language, right? So when we're using shoulds all the time, then we're shitting all over ourselves, right? I know you guys have heard that one before. That's not new, but it is. And remember when we talk about should, should is energy of the past. Should is energy of blame. Should oftentimes is also energy of guilt. And as I was talking with him, I said, I said, I just want you to know, I said, when I coach people, we're coaching from where you are right now, and then we're moving you forward. Okay. And so I said, you know, once in a while, the stuff from the past, you know, might come up as we deal with it, if we're still dealing with it in the present. 
But I said the hope here is we're working with the now and we're moving, moving forward. So I just wanted to share that a little bit with you when we're talking about learned helplessness because it can be manifested into uh, anxiety, sometimes even low-grade depression, or it can be even, even both. So think about it. When you feel that you have no control over, of course, the past events of, of your lives, then you're going to have this expectation that the future events are going to be just as uncontrollable. Okay, That's what the learned helplessness is. And that's because we believe that nothing that we do will ever change the outcome of the events. Okay. Of course, not in the past, but now, of course, in the future. So why try? Okay. So uh, what did I do? <laughs> All right. So as I was coaching him and this was, you know, I coached for a while. I think we, we did a, a powerful, I say conversation, probably as close to an hour, hour and a half, which is, which is great. That's okay. And because um, I'm trying to, you know, determine if I'm going to if I'm going to work with this individual or not. So I was like, OK, I'm thinking in my mind, what are some things to possibly, you know, overcome this learned helplessness? Well, one of the first thing is you need to kill your ants. OK, kill your ants. All right. So ants just simply stand for automatic negative thoughts. OK, so you got to kill, kill the ants. So. What people can do when we're talking about overcoming this this learned this learned helplessness, one of the things is that we need to engage in some type of activity that will help to restore some sense of self-control, right? So that we can also feel, of course, that we are valuable. And so as we were working, uh, you know, through some things and talking through some things, I just like, you know what, I'm just going to just going to suggest one thing. Okay, one thing and just see if he could and see if he could actually do it. And by the time we end the, the, the conversation, he's like, yeah, you know what? I think I can I can actually do that. And uh, so I could I'm starting to see a little bit of that. We said that that ray of that ray of hope. And You guys know what I believe. I believe that when we're talking about uh, confidence, esteem, the, all those different type of things, they always start as an external source. They come from an external source. When taken in, believe, and accepted, they become an internal force that actually moves us, right? And so as I was listening to, you know, his story and sharing, and I was seeing all the examples, um, you know, where there wasn't the social anxiety, seeing the examples where he had succeeded. And I just started talking with those, and I said, wow, you know, I'm getting a different picture because you're sharing all these different type of things with me. And I'm seeing a person who's definitely has been successful in the past. Like, where is that person? Can we bring him back to today? And we were able to bring just a piece of him back for that one moment, for that one little assignment. I said, hey, let's, let's just try something here. So let's see if you try this. And then it was kind of an assignment. And he was saying, by the, you know what, I think I can do that. I'm like, great. So I just want you to do that little assignment. Then I just want you to let me know. Give me heads up when it's complete because I want to see it. I want to be able to to enjoy it, right? This person is like a, um, a music production, whatever. So, um, but that was the one of the things. So what I did was uh, we used what we call learned optimism, right? So it says he had learned helplessness. Then we just kind of did reverse and we did some coaching around learned optimism. So that just involves developing the ability to view the world from, of course, a positive point of 
view, right? Which totally contrasts the learned helplessness, right? And so where we're trying to, we're going to say, kill those ants, that negative self-talk and replacing those pessimistic thoughts with some positive ones. And usually the thing is, the, the evidence is there, but sometimes because of the state that we're in, either we don't see it, we don't acknowledge it, or like we said, we're caught in that victim consciousness, and so it makes it difficult for us in order to do that. So I wanted to share that with you this morning. Like I, like I said, you know, when I had the coaching session uh, last night, and I was like, okay, you know, you go to sleep for a while, and it's like, well, I've got to release this too, right? And so what would be a great way to release it? Well, to share it. And so if there's someone else out there and they're dealing with learned helplessness, maybe now they'll understand something that they're dealing with, something that they might be battling with. And then there might be someone out there that like, hey, you know what? Let's give Coach D a call and let's work on this. All right, guys. So that is our podcast for this Thursday morning. Thank you so much for being here with me. I hope that if your day wasn't great when you listen, maybe it's a little bit better today because you have a little bit more knowledge, right? And uh, here's the thing, though, that I want you to remember. And I think I said this in our last uh, podcast, right? And remember we said that what we resist persists, okay? So when we're not working on these things, like we're resisting them, And that means we're actually holding on to them. Okay, so when we resist, then these things persist. But if we make the decision like, you know what, and get curious about, huh, I wonder what that is. Let me see if there's something, you know, I can do or someone I can call, someone I can talk to, whatever, to either work through this or understand this, right? Then we've started on our path, on the journey, I'm going to say, towards freedom. All right, guys, so remember... Remember, first of all, that you are not alone. There's someone on the other side of this mic who really cares about you. And feel free to go up and sign up for the next coaching, I'm going to say, course. We've already started the one for this week for the next four weeks, right? We're going to be having our coaching session actually tonight, so that's going to be cool. Uh, But if you missed out, that's okay, right? So we do them every four weeks, so sign up for the next one. And we'll see you there. All right. But until then, until our next podcast, guys, everyone be safe.